I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. This could be the year that Congress finally does something about immigration reform. There's that plan put forth by a bipartisan group of senators. That's the one that includes a path to citizenship for some 11 million undocumented immigrants in the U.S., We hear a lot about that piece of the puzzle, but there's less discussion about other parts of the immigration debate, like whether to let American companies hire more highly skilled foreign workers. There's a push to issue more visas for that purpose, but it's controversial, as we hear in this report by Sam Harnett. Kriti Bajaj thought she'd found her way. She studied biology, graduated from Stanford University, and then went home to India for a Ph.D. But after a year, she realized academia just wasn't for her. There's too many unknowns. Nothing was working. Um, you know, I was in this like dark little cell in the middle of nowhere. Bajad decided to ditch biology and restart her life as a computer programmer back in California. So now she's here in San Francisco on a tourist visa and enrolled in an intensive coding camp called App Academy. It teaches web development from scratch. Form, I log in, it sets some kind of cookie, then redirects me back to root. Any questions so far? It's only a nine-week course, so Bajad can finish it before her tourist visa runs out. Her plan? Build tech skills fast and then find a company that'll sponsor her for an H-1B. That's the visa for highly skilled foreign workers. But some say if she gets employed on an H-1B, she'll be robbing a job from an American. If she's being hired for an H-1B visa based on nine weeks of programming work, are you kidding me? Then it's an abuse of the visa. Norm Matlov teaches computer science at the University of California, Davis. He says companies use H-1B visas to replace older, U.S.-born programmers with younger, cheaper foreigners like Bajad. The abuse is widespread. It's across the board. H-1Bs debuted in 1990 as temporary three-year visas for high-skilled workers. The U.S. currently issues 85,000 H-1Bs a year, and companies snap those up quickly. To meet the high demand, Congress will soon debate whether to increase that quota to 300,000. Tech giants like Microsoft support the move, saying the U.S. has a shortage of skilled workers. Here's Bill Gates at a congressional hearing in 2009. My basic view is that the country should welcome as many of those people as we can get. It's a familiar argument, but truth is, most H-1B workers aren't found at high-profile companies like Google or Microsoft. Nearly half work at places like Infosys and Wipro. These are the huge IT workhorses that churn out the unglamorous connective tissue of modern business. The boilerplate coding, user support, and network maintenance. So why import labor for this lower-skilled work? The central issue is wage and mobility. Matloff argues that since employers sponsor H-1B visas, it's tricky for foreigners to negotiate higher salaries. And switching jobs means restarting any green card applications. Matloff says H-1B workers get handcuffed to employers. Ardit Baraktari, a 32-year-old from Albania, has another phrase for it, indentured servitude. It's crazy, but I'm getting used to it, so it's, it's nuts. Baraktari works in Silicon Valley and specializes in software for mobile devices. Like many programmers here, he's hopped around, working at places like Moby TV, Yammer, and Amazon. If you want to keep your skill set up to date, you have to sometimes move companies. Baraktari hopes an employer will eventually value his skills enough to follow through with a green card application. He's been trying to get one for more than a decade now. At Amazon, he says it took them nearly two years just to start moving on the paperwork. And government approval could take years more. He says the grinding bureaucracy is like being back in Albania under communism. 
to make things move forward, you have to threaten your company that you're not going to work anymore. It becomes a weird, weird situation. And it can be the same for salaries. A company's control over the visa process can keep some workers quiet about unequal pay. It happened to Bharaktari at his first job, and it's happening now to Steve. I'm being paid less, which sucks for me, but it also sucks for American developers because I am a threat to them in some ways. I am cheaper. <laughs> okay, Steve doesn't want to use his real name because if he's fired, he could be deported back to the UK. But he says his software firm in California pays him 10 to 20% less than American coworkers doing the exact same job. Maybe it's just naivety on my part, but I definitely feel like they lowballed me and I just like, oh, sure, okay. <laughs> Norm Matlov says the first reform for H-1Bs should be to make sure this doesn't happen. Foreign employees should receive competitive salaries, high enough to prove that companies really need them. The second is to end the handcuffing. Barak Tari agrees. Take the immigration process out of the hands of employers. The H-1B holder should be able to do the green card petition himself and not the company. So you're not the slave of your company. Right now, Barak Tari loses his visa sponsorship and risks deportation every time he's between jobs. It's like you have a sword on your neck and you have to find a job. Barak Tari has worked here legally for more than a decade. Now he says he'd just like to have the same job freedoms as his U.S. colleagues. For The World, I'm Sam Harnett in San Francisco.